When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hey, welcome to Talking Real Money. I'm Tom Cock. Don McDonald has the uh, Saturday off, and uh, you're out there trying to figure out what to do with your money, and we're in here just ready to answer those questions. So let me give you the telephone number uh, because questions, your comments, questions always comes first. Yeah, I've got lots of topics to cover, of course, but. Here's the number, 855-935-8255, And I am sorry to be the bearer of bad news today for your finances. Uh, yeah, you, okay, you, very unlikely that you're the one person that won the $1,350,000,000 Mega Millions, okay? Maybe you're one of the 26 that won the million each. Hey, even that's not bad, right? But... At the $1.3 billion, you end up with, I think they said for a cash, if you just go get the cash, which I recommend, take the lump sum. It's about $750 million. I reckon you got to pay the government, what, 40% or so. So you still end up with a lot of money. By the way, if you're the guy running the store where they sold the winning ticket back in Illinois, uh, you get half a million for that. That's not bad. This is the uh, second largest payout in u.s history and I, I was one of those people not very excited about it all because i don't play the lottery i never have i think my wife every christmas gives away a few lottery tickets and even those i feel wasteful about so um and the reason i said you're the unlikely person is because that person is in illinois and uh, while i did have a lovely chat with a woman in uh, wheeling illinois earlier today we don't have that many people listening to us live in Illinois. We have a lot of people that will be listening to this podcast next week in Illinois, but not live. So uh, sorry about that. But locate okay, still, what if you do come into some money? It doesn't have to be $1.3 or whatever number. What if you... What if something happens in your life? You inherit money, something pays off, you sell your home, you got the money, all those kind of things. Because this is really one of the points of inflection where a lot of people do call me and say, I just came into X, what should I do with it? And there really is no right or wrong answer here, uh, frankly, because it depends, <laughs> depends on your situation, right? I mean, because, it, well, okay, first of all, if it's, $750 million in cash, that's going to impact most people other than, what, the 200 wealthiest people in the world or something. Most people, $700 million or so, yeah, that's going to change your future finances quite a bit. But if it's, you know, selling my house and I got half a million or picking up an inheritance of a couple hundred thousand, you know, or something more like that, that we do talk a lot about, well, what should you do? Well, here's a couple of ideas for you. Oh, by the way, if you are one of the uh, 26 people that won the million dollars, happy to talk to you as well. You don't have to be the person that won the 1.3. I'm going to spread it out a little bit here and give you some help. But let's assume you come into some windfall some other way and it's not the 1.3 billion, which too bad, but get on with your life. The first one is fairly easy. Um, 
I would pay off debt no matter what amount of money I got in a windfall if the debt is above 5%. That's kind of my rule. You know, you get 5% more, it's unlikely you're going to make that in the market in the long haul, although you have, but for a variety of reasons, I see people making less than that, sadly. So that would be number one. Number two, here's the tougher part, is sort of figuring out when you have that money, the purpose of it. Because I talk to people all the time who may have sold a business, a home, or whatever way they came into the money, and I ask them, well, what's this money for? They haven't looked at their life that way. They haven't said, well, I need more for retirement or, well, I need more for X. And so you really do have to sit down and have that meeting with yourself or with your significant other and say, the purpose of the money is X, right? And maybe out of that, no matter the amount, you do finance something fun. Because you don't want to just put it all in CDs or I-bonds. Well, you can't put it all in I-bonds, but anything that's... Not very much fun, not very interesting. You want to do something, okay? Uh, Here's another one to really strongly consider if you come into a windfall. It might be a good time to consider hiring an advisor. That's not a pitch for our work, although we do work with a lot of people who do come into money. uh, But oftentimes an advisor is going to be an impartial third party and look at your situation and say, don't forget about this. Now, for example, in my household, I have a 14-year-old daughter. She's got a good amount saved up in her 529 for college. But my sense is she's going to go to a good school that could cost a lot. So they might say, put more into that or set more aside for college. And here's the other one, by the way, when you come into a huge windfall. My wife reminded me of this today. She said, I've read a lot about this, so maybe you could include this in your stuff. Do nothing for a while. Don't run off and spend a bunch of money. Don't run off and give your friends money, buy your mom a house, do all these crazy things, take care of your entourage. Because one thing we do know about people that come into windfalls, often if they have no experience with large sums of money, is they end up losing it. And a lot of people, by the way, who win the lottery end up going bankrupt, as shocking as that is. So there's a few ideas, get you going. And by the way, if you're the... uh, the big mega millions winner you know my inside number give me a call we'll be glad to help you but for today 855-935-8255 we're going to talk all things social security in just a moment with a well-known author we'll be right back tom and don are talking real money a second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally let one of our vestry advisors help you save your future at vestry.com v-e-s-t-o-r-y.com your guide to a really great financial future tom and don are talking real money Okay, so you didn't come into $1.3 billion in the last 24 hours. It's okay, really. I I didn't either, and I've never touched one point. Well, we manage as a company about almost $3 billion, but I don't get to put that in my hands. It doesn't come into my account. It's in their accounts. That is a lot of money, I got to say, but uh, even if you don't have that much, we're happy to talk to you. So give me a ring 855-935-8255 i'm tom cockdon mcdonald has the week off and perhaps the most important topic in retirement is making sure you get the most from social security yet so many people make these decisions willy-nilly i'm surprised still it's like one out of three people or so that just go ahead and take it at 62 there's people that just say hey i'm full retirement age i should start taking it now without thinking through the ramifications and there are 
questions always ad nauseum about Social Security. It's for something so simple, it feels very complicated. And that's why we're always glad to talk about it. And today we got somebody very special. Uh, he writes a syndicated column called Social Security and You. He's also the author of Social Security, Simple and Smart. 10 easy to understand fact sheets about social security. His name is Tom Morganow. He writes at creatorssyndicate.com, creatorssyndicate.com. Tom, welcome to Talking Real Money. Thanks for, for joining us. Yeah, here I'm waiting for you. I appreciate it very much that we managed to hook this all together. So, okay, so here's a headline for you uh, that I just read from uh, CNBC. The headline is, More Americans Plan to Tap Social Security Retirement Benefits Early and Continued Working Amid Economic Uncertainty. What's the problem with taking your Social Security while you're still working? Well, if you're under your full retirement age, the problem is you're stuck with an earnings penalty uh, that says if you make over a certain amount, that changes every year. Right now, it's around 19000 a year. But if you're under your full retirement age and making over $19,000 a year, you're gonna, they're going to take a dollar out of your Social Security checks for every two bucks you exceed that $19,000 limit. So it probably isn't... Now, you know, if you're making 19000 or less, well, then it's something you can think about. But if you're got a job and you're making uh, 60000 a year or something like that, well, then don't even think about Social Security until you reach your full retirement age or sometime later. Is that still the biggest mistake that people make with Social Security is not having the right claiming strategy? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the... the, the uh, I've been uh, I've written many columns about this whole issue of like maximizing your Social Security benefits, and I, I do worry for my readers because they're, they're under this constant pressure from from lots of folks that they should wait as long as possible to file benefits, and and that can be very good advice, but it might not be very good advice. It depends entirely on your financial situation, on your health situation, and, you know, lots of different factors. So that's the kind of stuff people got to keep in mind is, uh, you know, how long do I think I'm going to live? Uh, what kind of money do I have in retirement? And, and other factors, you know, how much do I want to leave my spouse? Usually we're talking about like a husband. How much money do I want to leave my wife as a widow once I die? Those are the kind of things people should be thinking about when they're starting their Social Security benefits. We're talking with Tom Marganow. He is a columnist, uh, writes on Social Security at Creators Syndicate, a column there called Social Security. And you, okay, here's the other one. This one seems to come up a lot. I, uh, I always argue that this is a silly political maneuver by politicians to earn your trust or scare you or whatever it is, but... Is this a myth or reality? Social Security will go broke. Well, I tell you, it's, uh, uh, let me put it this way. I, I've been doing this for 50 years now. And 50 years ago, I made my very first talk about Social Security. Matter of fact, I did it where, where you guys are based in the Seattle area. And I was talking to a group of people. And some after I gave my little spiel about Social Security, a guy in the back raised his hand and said, I don't know why I should be listening to you. We all know the system's going to go belly up long before I ever have a chance to get benefits. And this was a 50-year-old guy 50 years ago. And 
so I, if he's still alive, he's been getting Social Security checks for, for 40 years now. Uh, in other words, people have always been uh, worried that the system's going to go belly up. I mean, my goodness, the program's been around for, it's pushing 90 years now. I mean, how long does the program got to be around before people realize that, you know, it's here to stay now? It's, it needs some uh, belt tightening. It, it needs some reforms. But there's no way in the world that uh, Congress or any president or whatever is, is ever going to let the Social Security system go down the tubes. It's always going to be here. Every civilized country on the planet has a Social Security system in place for its citizens. It's This is just something that civilized people do as a society. You know, they come together and, and pool their resources and create this social security kind of program. And uh, so it's always going to be here, but it's going to change. Now, you mentioned politicians kind of scaring us. Sometimes I tend to blame the people. Uh, like, why hasn't there been any social security reform lately uh, for quite a while now? The last major reform was way back in 1983, and back then the system was just a couple years away from going belly up, and Congress finally got around to to reforming the system back in 83. And uh, so people are saying, well, why don't they do something? Here's the story I like to tell. If I ran for Congress on a platform of, uh, I'm going to fix Social Security, and the way I'm going to fix it is I'm going to bump up the retirement age by another year. I'm going to slightly increase the payroll tax, which hasn't gone up in 40 years. I'm going to bump it up by a quarter of 1%. And I'm going to trim cost of living increases that people get by a quarter of 1%. Relatively minor reforms to the system. But I guarantee you, if I ran for Congress with that platform, my my opponent's going to run a attack ad saying, you know, a vote for Tom Marginow and he's going he's gonna to raise your taxes and he's going to lower your Social Security benefits. And I, would, I wouldn't stand a chance of getting elected. Uh, it's the American people, I think, who've got to realize that, hey, folks, we got to do something to keep the Social Security solvent in the long run. And, and we've got to do something that's going to involve some form of tax increases or some form of benefit cuts. And once we realize that you know, we got to deal with this. Maybe we'll finally get somewhere. Yeah, I got to think a little longer term. Tom, uh, please hang on. We'll uh, we'll come back and spend more time talking about this. And and in fact, uh, your significant others. <laughs> this is something you mentioned briefly. I do also want to say that we've got a class coming up on uh, September seventeenth in the Seattle area. It'll be in Bellevue. It'll be online. Retiring in a recession. You can learn more about that by going to vestry.com and clicking on classes. We'll be right back with more here on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Our telephone number is 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK. We're talking about Social Security. It makes up a huge part of most Americans' retirement, which you could debate whether or not it should, but it does. And it's so it's hugely important to get it right, to take it at the right time, to think about others in your life. And in my case, Tom, 
We're talking with Tom Morgan now about all of this. He's a writer about Social Security, has written a book, and has a column. You know, I got to think about not more than just me and getting the most from my benefit. My wife's a few years younger. Uh, my benefit is going to be more than twice what hers would be. These are things you got to think through a little bit, right? If you want to leave the next person a bigger benefit, correct? Sure. Uh, that's one of the advantages uh, to waiting until 70 to collect your Social Security checks because not only do you get you get a 32-point bonus or 32% bonus. Well, it can't, it's not because the retirement age is going up. It could be a little less than 32%. You get a roughly 30% bonus if you wait until 70 to sign up for your Social Security benefits. And the deal is uh, your widow also gets that 30% bonus if you die uh, before she does. So that's uh, you, you're, you're right, Tom, that a lot of guys are got to think about, what am I leaving my spouse who frankly who usually has a little bit smaller social security check and uh so uh giving her that extra 30 percent can help her uh once she's a widow indeed it can again uh this but it's not a guaranteed i think you even wrote me about this this is something a wife always gets half of her husband's social security that's not a check the box kind of situation correct no, well, a wife would get half if she waits until her full retirement age to sign up for these spousal benefits. But a lot of women uh, take spousal benefits at age 62, and if you do that, you're going to get a, a roughly 30% uh, spousal rate. So, And by the way, this is always a, the spousal benefit, while husband is still alive, is always based on his full retirement age benefit it's not based on if he waits till 70 for example he, he's getting this slightly augmented social security or not slightly a decently augmented social security check but the spousal rate while he's alive is is based on his full retirement age rate and and again it's it's only half if she waits until uh, her full retirement age to uh, take those spousal benefits our guest is Tom Morgan now. He is the author of Social Security Simple and Smart, uh, 10 Easy-to-Understand Fact Sheets about Social Security. I'm abbreviating that title a little bit. That that, that book, it looks like, is available both at the, the website creators.com and at Amazon. So uh, if you got questions about Social Security, go check it out. Do you have a, a, a calculator you like anywhere online that's a easy one to use? This is another question we get a lot. Well, I steer people to the, the Social Security Administration has a pretty decent uh, retirement calculator, uh, which is uh, socialsecurity.gov, and uh, lots of people use the calculators at that website. And, and again, it, from what I'm told by readers, I've never used it myself because I haven't needed it, but, I, but my readers have been telling me that they've had pretty good luck with it. All right, so go take a look at Social Security's website. And be, by the way, everybody should have a login uh, to their own benefit at, uh, what is it, ssa.gov, uh, to know what your benefit will be, to make sure your all the money that's supposed to go in there has gone in there, taking a look at all that. And next year, for people that are already on, well, we'll come back. We'll talk more about that, Tom. We're just got to go to the bottom of the hour break here for the news. We'll come back and talk about people that are already on Social Security or going to take it in 2023. And the good news for them in these inflationary times so they're going to get a big boost. We'll talk about that and other topics around Social Security. I do want to mention that uh, 
You know, we're here to take your calls always. And uh, please give us a ring at 855-935-8255, Before we go to the break, I do want to say thank you to all of you who have uh, written to uh, Don. Uh, this weekend is the memorial for his brother. He's appreciated all of your kind comments through what has been a very difficult time for him and his family. So thank you for all of those. We'll continue talking real money in just a moment. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. It's uh, hot outside. I think it's hotter here in my little home studio. Um, and that is somewhat of a reflection of the outside temperatures, but also the fact that we're talking about Social Security. I tell you what, few issues get as much heat as this one when I talk to people um, because they have a lot of misconceptions. So that's why we invited on this week uh, a columnist. He writes at creators.com, creators, T-O-R-S.com. Tom Morganow is a writer about Social Security. He's written a book about Social Security, trying to dispel some of those myths. Let's just talk about my situation. Let me be selfish here for a moment. I turned 65 uh, in January of 2023. Um how big a deal is it how much money I make the last five years before I take Social Security at age seven, 70? Is that going to be a big deal or not? Or can I just take it easy and kind of rest on my laurels for five years and not make much money? Is that going to change my benefit much? Well, in a, any earnings you add to your Social Security record, well, there's a pretty good chance it's going to bump up your Social Security check, but here's the deal a lot of people don't know is that the Social Security uh, benefit formula, the your past earnings are indexed for inflation. So, for example, if you made uh, $10,000 in 1970, when they compute your benefit, they don't use that $10,000. They multiply it by uh, an inflation adjustment factor, so they might actually be using dollars $70,000 1970 earnings for your uh, when they figure your Social Security benefit, and they do that for every year of your past earnings. But they stop doing it, and why they stop doing it, uh, I can't explain uh, uh, right now. But uh, uh, they stop doing it at age 60. So, in other words, any earnings you have after age 60 are just your straight earnings; they're not indexed for inflation. So, even though you might be making some fairly decent money now, there's a pretty good chance that you're indexed past earnings are actually higher than that, which means these new earnings aren't going to really have much, if any, uh, added bonus to your uh, Social Security check. Uh, but again, as a, as a general rule, the, the, the more you make, the higher your benefit's going to be. So uh, people, you know, the, it doesn't hurt to keep working because there's a pretty good chance it might the uh, Boost your check. Now, earlier I mentioned this uh, web, the Social Security website, socialsecurity.gov, and the calculators there. You can go into those calculators and you can plug in different earning scenarios. 
and you can see what effect it has on your Social Security benefit. That's a, a great advice. Um, we just have a couple more minutes here. Next year, for those already on Social Security or planning to take it, they're going to get a big boost due to inflation, correct? I understand the benefits are going to go up, I don't know, between 9 and 10% next year. That's still not determined, but it appears it'll be a fairly large increase. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah. Oh, yes. And the Social Security benefits since 1972 have been tied to the cost of living. So every year when the cost of living goes up, the Social Security benefit goes up. But as you pointed out earlier, because we're now in high inflationary times, uh, people are getting this bigger boost. But here's an important point I got to make, Tom. A lot of people are saying, boy, I got to jump on this bandwagon now. I didn't plan to sign up for Social Security for a couple more years. But I want to jump on the bandwagon now so I can get this 10% increase that's coming up. Well, here's the deal. You don't have to do that because that 10% increase is also factored into the benefit formula. So you don't have to sign up for Social Security benefits now to get this 10% increase. If you don't sign up for benefits until 2023 or even 2024, you're still going to get this 10% increase built into the into your benefit formula. Absolutely. And by the way, I was only kidding about the retirement thing. My my wife says I got to keep working. She wants to have a whole lot of money after I'm gone. So she's ready to keep me keep me grinding away for as long as absolutely possible. And the good news is I like my work. Apparently you like yours, too, because it's very good. Again, people can read more from Tom Morganow at uh, creators.com. The column is called Social Security. And you, you want to dive into it a little bit deeper, which I think you should, especially if you're starting to think about your benefits. Uh, go to uh, get his book, Social Security, Simple and Smart, 10 Easy-to-Understand Fact Sheets that will answer all of your questions about Social Security. Tom, uh, I, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of uh, on a Saturday to join us here on Talking Real Money. Great information. I hope we get to do it again. I'll be waiting for you. I appreciate it very much, Tom Morganow, again, uh, and appreciate him joining us. Go to uh, creators.com. You can learn more about the great right. He just wrote one piece that uh, I think is extremely valuable about why you may not have to wait until age 70 to take your benefit. There's a lot of work about that. Call us. Let's uh, let's chat about your situation. 855-935-8255. 855-935-TALK. We'll be right back on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Set your course for a great future with a free copy of our 60-page Better Retirement Guidebook at vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Hey, thanks for joining us on Talking Real Money. I'm Tom Cock. Don McDonald is off this week. He'll be back next week. So for those of you who miss him and uh, you know he's been going through a very tough time, you he will be joining us live on next week's program. Give me a call. Happy to talk about anything financial related. 855-935-8255. That is 855-935-8255. Brian did exactly that and now joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Brian. Did you win the uh, Mega Millions uh, jackpot? Hi, Tom. Unfortunately, I didn't. Actually, I didn't even buy a ticket. Ah, well, you know, our relationship is going to be fairly limited then, but go ahead. <laughs> Well, I'm not too sad that I didn't win. All right. But I, I just got to say, you know, first condolences to, 
to Don and my positive thoughts to him. It's very hard, and, and thanks to you for holding down the fort. Thank you so much for that, and I, he will be listening to this on Monday when he returns uh, from New York from the service, which is tomorrow, and I'm sure he will greatly appreciate that. So that's very kind of you. Well, it's my pleasure. It's on my mind. And also, uh, well, to my question, maximum drawdowns are on my mind, and I wanted to call because I know that it's somewhat common knowledge that an all-equity portfolio can have a maximum drawdown of 50%. And I know that small values even more. I was thinking it'd be, it could be 60%. But actually, speaking of Don, I heard him say once that an all-small-value portfolio can draw down 80%. And just last week, I heard Paul Merriman say something similar, like if you go back to 1928, all equities, whether it be S&P or small value, actually went down 80 to 93%. So my question is this. I, I know that the the Depression era was before the SEC was invented. So can we, A, expect an 80 to 93% drawdown in the future since now we have the SEC and whatnot? And number two, if that's true, do us aggressive all-equity people, what do we do about that? Well, I mean, there's one easy thing to do, own a few bonds, right? Because a bond is an IOU. It's a different, completely different type of security than a stock, which is ownership in companies. And so bonds have a tendency to act differently. They are down, by the way. I just looked at the intermediate term bond index for the year is down about 7. The 100% stock portfolio is now down about 10%. But they generally don't go up and down together. So that's one thing to do. I mean, an all-equity portfolio, frankly, when you're retired and you're drawing on the money and it's going to be close, in other words, if there's going to be periods of time where you're really going to be drawing down a lot of your principal. That's a little nerve-wracking from what I've seen from people. That's why, again, you may want to consider a balance. I don't know where they're coming, where Paul's coming in. And as you know, Paul and I are friends, and he and I were partners for many years, and I completely trust what he says. I don't know where he comes up with the numbers of 80 or 90%. I do know that really since 1970, we have seen drawdowns of around 50% in an all-equity portfolio, uh, both in, I think, 73, 74, it was close. Uh, certainly 2008, it happened. I mean, we had, what, over 30% in a very sharp period in March of 2020. So these things do happen. I mean, my admonition to you, frankly, would be, why are you in an, an all-equity portfolio in the first place? Do you really need to make that much money? Or is that just, hey, I want to have a lot of money at some point? And if you're in the accumulation stage, oftentimes that can be fine. When you're in the decumulation stage, again, I generally advise people to have something in bonds. I mentioned that I talked to an educator earlier today, and and she was like 90% in stocks. And I suggested, you know, a little more in bonds might not be a bad thing because they don't act the same all the time. Not necessarily one goes up, one goes down, but over the long haul, those can supply some ballast, if you will. And so what do I think the future looks like? I have no idea. And as you point out, things are calmer, I guess, with the SEC involved. Even beyond that, the Federal Reserve now seems to keep a pretty close eye on the stock market as well because half of Americans have some money in the market and they know there's a lot of psychology around all that. So I think 
they're worried about big downturns in the market as well. But interesting question again for you, Brian. I think the consideration is do you really need to be 100% in stocks or does it make more sense to have some bonds in that portfolio? Thank you for your call. 855-935-TALK is our number. We go back to the phones and Pete joins us. Hi, Pete. Hey, Tom. I have a question. I'm yes, trying to decide if I should move my 17-year-old son's Roth IRA uh, into a Fidelity Index Mutual Fund or transfer it to Vanguard and invest it in VT Wax. And here's my motivation. Currently, the IRA is invested in VT through Fidelity, and there's no fees that way. But I found it's difficult to regularly and automatically invest in ETFs because you cannot buy fractional shares. Yeah, that's right. You have to buy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's awkward. Let's put it that way. So, um, and especially if you're making regular purchases because you're son is putting money into that, which, by the way, terrific. I mean, for anybody listening, by the way, <laughs> son, daughter, grandkid, they should, I mean, they have earnings. They should be putting money into Roth IRA. I think that's wonderful. It sounds to me like, yeah, the practical thing is to move that over and so that you could use VT Wax. I think the the expense ratios are fairly relatively low for both of those, correct? Yes, it is fairly very low uh the downside to vanguard is the customer service isn't as good yeah yep the downside to leaving it at fidelity is i could find an index mutual fund but that would not be as uh, good as vt wax no and i don't know that vanguard has one global stock fund the way vt wax takes in the globe which i'd prefer to have your son own especially now after gone through a decade of outperformance by u.s stocks really want that exposure to international because i suspect that you're going to get greater growth there because again those haven't gone up nearly as much as the american stocks in the last 10 years you know frankly in terms of the customer service if it's easy to move money into the account uh either place and to make the buys that's really what you're looking for because from a customer service standpoint what else do you really need to do if you're making regular contributions right you're not going to be taking money out you're not moving money around you're simply adding to the portfolio and i think a one fund solution is absolutely perfect because there's not anything to be done there's no thinking about it there's no real discipline required in terms of rebalancing or the rest of it the money just goes in so i'd probably be in favor of the the easier using the vt wax make sure there's not going to be any accompanying charge because oftentimes custodians now if it's not their funds sometimes they will charge for the purchase of those so make sure on that but i would go ahead and make that move Okay. Yeah. If it goes into VT Wax, I've got to move the whole account yeah. to Vanguard. And that's not a hard like thing to do. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, no. it's a, that's pretty in today's world for the most part. And you're right. Vanguard's customer service has not been the best. Vanguard is slower to make change because of the ownership structure. They're owned by the people that own Vanguard funds. So they're more conservative about adding people, adding technology, sometimes puts them behind the eight ball, but. You know, I think that's a really smart thing to do. And, Pete, congratulations to you and your son for saving for his retirement. That's a long way from now, but he's going to thank you. He's really going to thank you. We'll be right back with more here on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money.
A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. You want some help on a more personal level rather than just calling the show or sending us your questions? We do that as well. Our advisors, including myself, will talk to you to make sure that you're doing every single thing you can for you and your money and your future. So if you want to have a meeting, there's no cost, there's no obligation. Simply go to Vestory, V is in victory, E is in Edward, S-T-O-R-Y.com. Click on Contact Us. We'll get in touch. We'll we'll take a look at your whole situation, your portfolio at all, and make sure, as I say, you're doing everything right for your future. Again, it's Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now? 